I started coffee with humans as a way to make meaningful connections. See, I believe when people on individual journeys meet together, real good can come from that. And in that sacred moment, we have the opportunity to do three things. Name reality and describe the future we want. Create or recreate ourselves, moving us to the reality we describe. And destroy things for our good by moving on from that which no longer serves us. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans, sharing the journey and making the world a better place. Hey, this is Coffee with Humans live uh, today. My new friend, Lynn, who I've never met, this, we've seen each other now on video for about two minutes, <laughs> which is nice. so fun. Jason. <laughs> Good to meet you. I, I see you're on a boat. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. We, live, we live on our boat in Seattle. We moved on a couple of weeks ago. Do you really? Yes. And so uh, the, I saw the boat and I thought, is that just a, is that just one of those, uh, you know, background? Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't it look better. I hate those, those fake virtual backgrounds. Well, I was inspecting it because I, as you were moving, it wasn't like artifacting behind you. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if she's really on a boat. <laughs> I really am on a boat. Yeah. 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 We've done, um, we're newly empty nested and this has been a whole intention plan for many years. And, um, we lived in Portland for 13 years, sold our house there, was, we're living in Seattle renting for two years. Empty nested, a 18 year old is off to college and the next week we moved onto the boat. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, did the, uh, what did your child think of that? <laughs> oh, she was well aware that it was happening. So okay. we have two girls, 18 and 20, and um, this, this has been in the plans for a long time, so. Um, we, we do plan to do blue water sailing probably in four or five years. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's a sailboat, huh? Yes, it is a sailboat. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, so when you, when you go on your boat, uh, and do your blue water sailing, what, what do you intend to do? Is it just for enjoyment? Or are you going to like live blog it? I don't know. I don't know what the, what's the plan? <laughs> Um, well, from from a boat standpoint, I mean, at this point, it is it's our home, so we will it we we're both going we're both virtual, and so we will be able to work from wherever we are on the boat. So we yeah we're gonna we're not monetizing it so to speak, but we we do have a Facebook page, and we're you know we're we're documenting it, and people like to follow. I mean, yeah. the process of getting this particular boat. Um, we bought it used in Sweden and it took eight months to get it over. We did some sailing. It went on a couple of ships. It's like a whole, a whole story could be here for days on it, but. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in a home in, in uh, Northern Illinois Okay. Uh, and it's cold here. Yeah. Do you know yet? Uh, yeah. We got, uh, we got about a half inch of snow. Okay. Nothing accumulated. 
uh, which is kind of normal for this time of year, but it's getting down there. It's going to be 20 degrees or so at night uh, in, in just a week or two. Um, and then it'll pop back up, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live on a sailboat in Illinois. Uh, no, it'd be dreadful. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, up here in Seattle. I mean, I think we're dropping down into the high 30s at night yeah. right now, but it's not too bad. Yeah. So tell me, uh, why did you click the button to have coffee? Mm. Over uh, yeah. Um, uh, originally, so I formed a consulting um, firm this year. Yeah. And um, a lot of a lot of my brand is is connecting with people, yeah. and so I was reading um, Content Chemistry by Andy yeah. Castellina. Um, he he often has um, for seven years he's had an open office time, hmm. you know, once a week where people can come in and just chat with them and hang out and um, really connect. Yeah. And so on a walk one day, I was thinking about coffee yeah and then you know did some googling and you popped up and i was like oh this is brilliant and so i watched a few your episodes and um it just it really connects i think i know people need this yeah um especially where we are today um but even if we weren't in covid and political mayhem and blm yeah. uh, people people need this yeah what do you so when you say people need us what is it about this that you feel resonates or re what resonates with you, I guess? Um, I think the connections of going a little deeper in conversation yeah. and, and asking those open-ended questions um, and being able to have the conversations, but then go into your own life and have them kind of simmer mm -hmm. and, and make change, hopefully good change into the world because it takes each individual person to to make that change. Um, I think that's the essence of it because it's not just the conversation, but having the conversation makes you simmer a little bit and and hopefully people will turn around and then act. Yeah. To make the world a better place. So yeah, I think yeah, I love I love that. Uh, in fact one of our users on Facebook uh, Amen. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so that's exciting, I, and it does. It resonates with people. I, um, I feel like if we pay attention to the world around us, uh, rather than just you know our what's happening in ourselves, if we if we if we look out, there's a lot of like you you kind of mentioned it. There's a lot of disruption uh, right now. Where it seems to be coming it to to a critical mass. Uh, and you know, whether it is or is not, I don't know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it does take all of us. I think those of us who can, you know, to think critically and then make changes around us in our areas of influence. I think that's the important part for me, you know, what's, what's your area of influence and then stay with, stay within that, do, you know, do, do probably, you know, do a good job of that first and then expand out. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you Googled it, huh? You just did coffee and humans. Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, it stemmed from Andy's book, and then I was on a walk and thought about it, and I said, wait a minute, I love coffee, you know, and talking to people. Um, and in addition, one other 
facet for me, being that we've been in Zoom world for the last eight months, um, every week I have been reaching out to at least three to three to five people every week in my network by phone oh. and having a conversation. Um, so this just takes it to a different level. It's a little bit more personal because I can see you. Um, and a lot of those people I didn't know mm -hmm. and I had just met on the phone um, and some really good conversations stemmed from that. So um, I just took it to a different, a different level. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love the video. I love the video interactions and I, it's a, one of the great things I think that's come of COVID is that people have learned to embrace technology out of necessity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, video, video chat has been around for a decade or more and in pre, you know, pretty, pretty good quality as well. And, yeah. and a lot of, a lot of organizations and individuals just never did, never, never did anything with it because they didn't need to. Right. And now if there's, if there are advantages to, you know, troublesome things like COVID and I choose to believe there are, it has accelerated our adoption of the yeah. You know, technology which can help connect us because it's not the same just talking with somebody on the phone. No. Um, and it's certainly, you know, worse talking to people through email or text. Uh, so I love the, I love the face to face. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it, it's fun. It's fun to see a person in a boat. <laughs> yeah. I hear about people who live on boats and now I know one. <laughs> there you go. Well, you, when you come to Seattle, you can, we'll take you out for a sale. Hey, fair enough. I was in Seattle uh, or near Seattle. No, I was in Seattle once. Yeah, Seattle's a cool town. It is super cool. It is super cool. Oh, in fact, oh, I don't have it with me, but I so I went to a coffee shop in Seattle. Um, <laughs> well, who doesn't, right? <laughs> it must be Starbucks. Wait a minute. Fun fact: It wasn't Seattle. wasn't the birthplace of coffee, but it was the yeah. uh, birthplace of Starbucks. The there was a coffee shop that had uh, like this pour over machine into this glass carafe thing. And I thought it was so cool. I went home and I bought myself a cool glass carafe. And now I have this ritual. I've got it on a wooden tray, glass carafe, a little pour over thing. And it's a, it's like I adopted it because it slows me down. into just the enjoyment of that one, like the ritual of coffee. Yes. Oh, I was wondering what kind of coffee you did because that is that's my ritual too. One of my rituals, and I think pour over coffee is fantabulous. It's like the best type. Yeah. I just can't have a. I could have a glass carafe thing here, yeah. but it's a little hard to maintain. Right. <laughs> I do a mocha pot, um, uh, it, like an Italian mocha pot thing. Okay. Um, which it makes espresso, but my my pour over, I get a, I, I admittedly get geeked out of coffee, and I have for years. Um, and so I'm, I have a scale, and I measure out my beans. And yeah. do you do you have the for the pour over machine? Do you have the little teapot with the long baby spout? I do. That's the only way. To, it's the only way you can control the water. Yeah. yeah. So I sit there and like. Mm. Oh yes. I have a 30-something-year-old a friend who got me into pour-over, and she said, it's the ritual. I look forward to it every morning. You need to get one, da 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 And so for the last year or so, I've been doing pour-over. My husband laughs at me because he's like, we're back to paper. We use this camping. 
<laughs> now we're using paper and we're pouring it over the top. Wait, this was 20 years ago. It was right. It yeah. comes back, but I, we've lost, I, I, we've used the word ritual several times now. And I think we've lost some of these rituals, uh, which, you know, if I'm, if what's connecting in my mind is that the, the ritual of, I use the ritual of coffee and the pour over and slowing down to recenter myself. It's a moment for me about something I care about as as it may sound. Right. Yeah. Um, And if we look at, if we look at a lot of the maybe unrest in people, I wonder how many people take that opportunity to ground themselves in a ritual that recenters themselves, Mm -hmm. which prepares them to go, you know, be available to in the world. Yeah. Especially first thing in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything meditative. It could be a short walk. Like we have a, a boat neighbor who takes his dog out on the for a walk every morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And that's his ritual. Yes, the dog needs to get out, but he finds calmness in it and it kind of resets him. You know? have you, do you, are, are there things that you do uh, sort of in a ritualistic manner through, through the years? Um, I'd have to really think about that. I mean, we're all creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. Habit is different than ritual. I will say whether it's coffee or tea, that does reset me. I'm a yoga teacher too. Oh. Um, but primarily I went through the teaching course to to help me have that ritual, if you will, and that reset. Um, it started more from a body standpoint, but you get the brain calm when you do yoga. There's right. that connection. So that's a really important piece of my life, ritual-wise. I feel like I've moved in and out of moved in and out of ritual through the years. Kind of, kind of in an ebb and a flow. I'll pick up something and then I'll drop it. I think that the pour-over thing is what has held kind of the most. Um, for me, and I've switched it up just to turn it into something else, like turn it into espresso or, or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> I'll change up the device. Yeah. Oh, I have. I've definitely changed the <laughs> just depending on my mood, you know. But but it seems like successful folks. Um, however, I guess we have to qualify that, right? Uh, but visibly successful individuals. Influential individuals, how's that? Mm-hmm. Influential yeah. individuals seem to have some sort of ritual for themselves, those habits that they put in place that yeah. will contribute to their success. Yes. Didn't didn't a past episode success there was a phrase that you used? It's not coming to mind. We'll look it up. Um I think that's true. I think if you have you have the rituals that allow your brain to rest and regroup and create ideas and positivity. Yeah. Uh, I think that in turn makes people have a good attitude. I think people that are so chaotic, they can't think and ground themselves and they just keep going and then they escalate mm-hmm. in, um, yeah, it, it escalates to creating more chaos for those around them. Yeah. Right. 
a lot of it, I think, has to do with environment. So you've you've set in your place this idea of you're going to live on a boat, uh, and that has a completely different experience to it than living in the middle of Chicago, right, in a high-rise apartment. Um, and you've chosen that environment. Yes. You set up those circumstances for yourself because it does something for you, and you put deliberate things in place to get to that point. Yes. And I, so you are, it seems to me you're one of those, you and your husband are one of, you know, uh, a dy- well, I'll say dynamic duo. I don't know, really, I don't really know you, but I'm guessing you are. Yeah. Um, right. You're in some sort of dynamic duo that, that uh, wants to take control of the environment, your, your environment around you and, hmm. and think about it purposefully. Yes. I haven't thought of it in terms of controlling the environment but definitely in terms of creating the intention and making it happen. Um, This whole process of of the boat, I mean, we've raised two girls. Um, We've done some sailing, yes, but my husband ruined himself sailing at at 20 years old. And when we were dating, the the story goes, we were getting really serious and he said, "Um, I love you, this is brilliant, but if you don't wanna go sailing, we're gonna have to part ways. It was, it was kind of like the ultimatum, like, this is great, but you need to know that I ruined myself sailing. <laughs> um, but back to intention, everything that we do, even though it, it often takes a long period of patience, um, it, there, there is intention to it. Um, so thank you for that compliment. Um, and I will add that about 10 years ago, we developed a password that has to do with sailing around the world. So every time we would type in that password, we would know that, okay, that's our goal. That's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to retire and we're going to, you know, work virtually and we're going to do this and that's what we're going to do. So that was that, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, we made that intention saying this is going to happen. And moving to Seattle was a piece of that. So I am, I am, I am so intrigued by that concept of the password. So how. Oh, you cut out a little bit. Come back, come back. I've got good Wi-Fi. I think yours is a little spotty. How did you use? Am I back? Okay. Okay, You're back. So the password, what did you say? How did you use the concept of the password? If, if it's not too personal, if you don't, if you don't mind sharing. No, 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 no. Um, well, a pass, you know, our, our strong password has always been around that concept of sailing around the world. So we made it, you know, a number character password. And so how many, how many times a day do you type in your strong password? I mean, if you think about it, you're probably doing it three times a day, maybe. So every time that you do that, it's going through your head. Gotcha. That, so you use that password when you were when you're on a website or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you know, it could be anything. It could be on. Uh, it's on our key pass, and it's on our, um, uh, you know, your medical records. I mean, whatever it is, your banking. I mean, whatever it is, I'm typing in that 
message. And so I think about it before I type it in every single time and it creates that intention. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that is so key. I think, um, I, I read, uh, Napoleon Hill wrote a book in what 1920s something like that called Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. I read it many years ago. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things that he brought out, and well, two two important things. One, the one important thing that he brought out was the idea of intention. And people who achieve greatly set an intention, and they repeat it every day. Okay. And it becomes it becomes a reminder in the morning. I start off, I'm repeating that intention, and and I'm I'm a believer that the universe bends to our will. I I believe it for spiritual reasons, but I I think that uh, we as humans carry a great deal of power um, to affect people around us, to affect ourselves, to affect our environment, to affect the world, and um, and if and I'll, I'll say this confidently, if you're seeing chaos around you, it might likely be you. Uh, and and if you, if, if we set those intentions to achieve or to accomplish or to influence, we, we will do that. Whereas if we, if we don't set an intention, um, then, then we won't. And we'll wonder what happened over time. That's the first, so, that, so this idea of intention, he set that. And then the other thing was, he talked about groups. He, he turned to mastermind groups where like-minded individuals get together on a frequent basis to, to uh, grow together, right? Um, and he did it for achieving you know, financial success, which a lot of folks uh, who have gone through that you know, agree with. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it extends beyond that. I think it goes back to, you know, when you wake up in the morning, what's your intention? How do you, what rituals do you put in place to ground yourself for what, who you are and what you want to be? Yeah. I mean, what gets you up every morning? Right. Right. Yeah. What, what, some, I, sometimes I think about that, like, you know, um, I'm thankful that I don't have depressive tendencies. You know, a lot of people have trouble getting up in the morning, but I wake up and I said, what is getting, you know, I, I do ask myself, what is getting you up in the morning to give you that motivation to keep going? You know, how, what have, what answers have you come to? Oh, <laughs> um, I'm sure it's changed, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it comes back to relationships okay. and, and showing up. I, mean, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, showing up is half the battle. I mean, showing up, yes, but but then having that good attitude mm -hmm. without it being plastic, I suppose. Yeah, without having a facade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Mm. What gets you up in the morning? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, as I was asking you that, I was like, okay, what's my answer? Because <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I can't, you know, it's unfair to ask a question I wouldn't answer for myself, right? So, um, yeah, what gets me up in the morning? Um, I, I, I tend to, uh, I tend to live with some sort of capacity and or some sort of belief in my mind that um 
that with the with the skills, experiences, uh, connections, the track the 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 track of my life for all the successes and all the failures that they that I sort of demand or am demanding uh, learning to demand okay. a, a payoff for those. Not necessarily financially, not necessarily um, in, but in some measurable, some meaningful, measurable way for the people that, uh, for whatever my sphere of influence is. That's that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. Um, and so you know, I've got kids and stuff, and and I've and I I put a lot of thought into when they were when they were you know being raised. My oldest is 21 now. Um, and you know, my next oldest is 20. Okay. I've got a you know 14 year old daughter, but I, I remember when my boys were younger, I would put a lot of earnest effort and thought into, you know, what they, like how I was going to respond to them in certain situations. And, um, I remember before they moved out of the house, I said, guys, what did you, what do you need to, what do you want to learn or what do you want to know before you go? Um, and one of my kids was like, I want to learn how to make a steak. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's learn how to make a steak and make, you know, make a good steak. And so I taught him how to be able to, you know, touch the, feel the firmness of the steak to see if it's done. You know, is it rare? Is it medium rare? Is it well, you know, or is it throwing, you know, should you just throw it out? And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, waking up with the intention I think at that time of I've got to provide for all for these folks, that was a big driver for me. Um, and right. so and, I, and yeah, I think the intentions move, but the but I think the principle is the same. Back then, it was my I have this influence. My influence has changed; it's ebbed and flowed through the years. And I, um, yeah, I think that's approximately what it is. That's unclear. That was a terribly unclear answer. No, that was. There's a lot of pieces to it. And two things came to my mind. Um, and there's a story behind one of them. Um, dignity and grace. Mm. So um, when you come at things with dignity and grace, which you described eloquently, saying, I put thought into what I told my kids and, and the messages that I you know, expressed to them and what I wanted them to learn. That... Um, that does take dignity and grace and we're not perfect at it. We're not, we're not masters at it, but um, the story behind that line, my husband's father died last year. Okay. Um, and, and previously to his death, the last words that he wrote, um, actually those were the last two words that he wrote from a phrase, live your life with courage and, face the challenges and do it with dignity and grace. Hmm. Um, my husband actually put those on his forearm just a couple weeks ago. He doesn't have a lot of tattoos, but he put a little tattoo in his writing. And um, So that resonates with me because that that's what you're doing. And, and essentially if we all did that with our, with our kids and with each other, right? The world would be a lot better place, I guess. <laughs> That's a, a big picture. I think the world would be a lot better. Surely try. I've done, a, sure? I've, I've done a terrible job in some ways um, through the years 
I, but sometimes, yeah. sometimes I sort of nailed it. I nailed it with my boy, with my oldest boy when uh, he was becoming a teenager. And I was just reasoning in myself, you know, teenagers also need to start getting this moment of tension. And it's a, it's around the preteen years, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. And um, I was thinking at the time that we're like, we're living in one of the first societies that uh, where you were a young man uh, would not go off and, you know, get a job and start taking responsibilities and do stuff like wake up in the morning and take care of, you know, take care of things around them. Um, we're probably what two or three generations separated from that, and uh, but all throughout basically all of human history, it's been young. You know, when you're old enough to take responsibility, you take responsibility. But now, people are taught to just focus on themselves, sort of indefinitely, and uh, and so naturally you get attention because developmentally, I I've reasoned that developmentally a person is trying that that young individual is trying to and is supposed to start start caring for something around them, start setting the boundaries of their own, like mm -hmm. their own space. And when you, when a person comes up boundaries of another person's space, there's tension. Um, and so I approached it this way. I had a conversation with him one point in time said, Hey, uh, Nathaniel, have you ever, have you ever been a teenager before? And he said, no. And I said, well, I've never been the parent of a teenager before. <laughs> and I said, so you know how some days you're just making it up and I know you're just making it up. I said, some days I'm just making it up too. However, <laughs> for now, <laughs> I have responsibilities and you have to deal with some of these, right? And we'll figure it out as long as we keep the lines of communication open. Brilliant. And it set, it set, I think, first of all, for me, but also invited him into that process of like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I, I, I think I do. I'm trying, but, uh, you know, I, I apologize to him too. I said, Hey, I'm, I, I apologize for all the ways I'm going to screw you up. And I didn't know it. And, you know, you can tell me about it 15 years from now. There was that time, dad, <laughs> it's like, but we yeah. try, you know, but, but giving that vulnerability, I mean, most parents don't allow themselves with their partner, let alone their children. They don't allow that vulnerability to happen. And offering that, I I think it's it's brilliant. Um, and more people need to do it. Yeah. yeah. I I uh, it was a moment of it was a moment of clarity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wasn't always vulnerable. Like that's the, you know, I I was pretty bad in the vulnerability department in, you know, with other folks. Um, but but it seemed it seemed that you know if we if we can slow down enough, I'll make it personally. The times when I can slow down enough and mm -hmm. really get clarity and consider, I, like I, those types of considerations make a huge impact. Um, and it's just those little it's those little tweaks yeah. that are a new path. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we all have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, from an intention standpoint and in raising kids, um, we, we homeschooled our kids from eight and 10 to into high school. Um, and we homeschooled them, not from a religious standpoint. We, we homeschooled them from, again, I guess I'm going to use the word intention, 
um, because we we wanted them to know much more than academics. Mm. Um, and I often use the term PBL, which in learning is project-based learning. Okay. And the way I like to look at project-based learning is, well, the definition of it is that you have an end result that you set and whatever that might be, but in the process of doing that, you're going to take, it's a maze. You might, you know, go completely far left or then north and then south and then back again, but you're a maze and that's what life is. And you need to be able to navigate that life. Is through. that how, so PBL, project-based learning, is that how um, you, there's like something you want, you need to accomplish and it's just like, go find the move, go find the parts and learn the things that you need to do to, to accomplish that project or what? Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll give an example. So sometimes you set a timeline and with our daughter, she was in junior high at this point, she could either do one big long, like a year long project, or she could do three small ones. So she chose three, three month topics. And we started, she just started writing all the things that she was interested in. Hmm. And, you know, just made a huge list you know, a hundred long or whatever. And then she chose three of them. One of them was, um, she's a musician and she, she's made a couple CDs. She loves music. Um, so she wanted to know how music affects mood. That was a question she came up with. So that was one of her PBLs. And so, um, through that, there was no set path to finding that answer. And then she was supposed to find that answer on her own. Um, so there's a lot of FIO, which is figure it out. Um, uh, and the end result looked very different than what she started with, hmm. which is true to life, I would think, because you start out going somewhere. We start out on this boat, boat adventure. We didn't know how it was going to come together. But so answer your question. Yeah. No, that's long round that way but no that makes sense my daughter started making um leashes for dogs, dogs. and yeah. and collars and that type of stuff and she sells them on instagram which i think is hilarious uh, uh, yeah, i don't know instagram is a huge platform <laughs> i've never bought anything off of instagram which oh. makes me feel a little bit old and uh but but yeah it's like she's she's learned how to price her products she's learned how to figure out she had to figure out how to ship her products she had to figure out how to manufacture in such a way that they wouldn't fall apart and test them and take pictures of them and she's become a little pro because she's got a she's got some goal in front of her and like you say she's you know it's kind of like ask the question and then i like i like your acronym fio figure it out yeah. um because you're right, it is. That's what life is. It's just a series of figuring it out, and we can. I, I feel like we can short we can shorten that path to figuring it out sometimes when we invite other people into that process who've done it before. But many times we have to go figure it out. It's the only thing that that uh, helps us internalize our lessons, mm -hmm. so that we can so that we can move through it. Because we won't listen to other people. We don't. I can't internalize your lesson. Right. And listen to you. 
right? I have to internalize my own lesson. I think that's that's key. Yeah, you can listen and you can learn, but you can't internalize unless it's done on your own terms. I right? think so. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would relate that to parenting. You know, our 20, she's 20, almost 21, and the stuff that she's saying, she's like, oh, yeah, mom, when you said this, you know, I, ne I never got it. <laughs> you know, then it comes back to you and you're like, wait, you get it? <laughs> Whoa, all these years, how many times have I said such and such? She's like, yeah, I get it. I'm like, oh, thank <laughs> <laughs> <I> God. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the 18 year old, I'm not, I don't know where we're at yet. I don't know. No, no, she's in good shape. She's just being 18. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. So uh, what do you, what do you do for a job? What's your, what's your job? I am straddling right now. I am a marketing director um, in a retirement community in a, in a standalone not-for-profit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I am transitioning into um, being virtual because my job right now I absolutely love, but it's it's not virtual. It just doesn't give me that virtuality. So I started Human to Human Marketing, um, which is a consultant company on digital media and social media. So focusing on that um, 55 and up retirement communities, home care, health care, mm -hmm. I, um, I, I help them with strategy and social media content. Um, around that. So I took the human to human brand and transform it onto online. Um, so I'm in the process of building my clientele there. Awesome. So I can be virtual, completely virtual. Yeah. Are you, have, has there been any fear in that process of changing and then moving to something virtual? Cause I, I, people talk about it all the time, but very few people actually do it. Yes. Yeah. There, of course. <laughs> I think that's just, that's the short answer. Of course, there's been fear, but um, I think, you know, it depends on who you are and the process that you take to get you over that hump. I met with a consultant and I had been formulating kind of this, my brand for the last few years. And she said something that, that just made me kind of go over the hump. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, it just made it easier. Like, oh, I can do this. My husband and I did own a business together. We built it and sold it. So it's not that I'm um, I'm a total novice to it. Right. Um, but to be able to take that leap yeah. um, was, yes, especially since it's kind of, it's on my own and I'm completely responsible where before my husband and I shared, mm -hmm. uh, shared it together. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a leap. Yeah, but you're doing it from experience too. You're not, you're not, um, you're not at a place where you have a pipe dream off in front of you, and you're like, I'm going to build, you know, I'm, I'm going to build this thing virtually. I've never done a business before. I've never done the virtual thing before. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it because I want to and can. Right. You're, you're just at a different place for that. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I definitely did it. To, to monetize, yes, but I came at it from a passion standpoint and and being able to make a difference and change the world in some sense, even if it's just 
me interacting and creating these good these relationships. Yeah. I think that's that's the most important. And I think um, I think if you combine, I was thinking about our call, and you seem to have a really good blend, at least what I know of you between your work and your personal life. You bring them together to kind of do good in the world. And I think more of us need to do that, to not separate them, um, the work and the personal, but bring them together and and do good. Yeah, it does appear that way. Yeah, <laughs> it does appear I did a remarkably bad job at that for a long time. Uh, I had my I had my personal and my I had my personal my work separated in very cleanly. Um, it, I don't know that it worked. Um, but it, it was what it was and I did it for reasons. And, um, and what I learned out of that, yeah, I think what I learned out of that is the, um, that there is, there has to be some sort of growth of, and I've never, I haven't actually thought this through until you just brought it up. So I'm fumbling for what I really want to say. Um, previously I did, I did programming, I, 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 uh, did strategy. I've done a lot of stuff for a lot of folks, marketing, sales, and all those other things. And those are a bit distinct from like your personal life, let's say. Right. Um, cause you know, what are you going to do? Go off and do programming for your personal life. You're not just being a program. And, um, and the best thing you can, what you end up doing is you end up doing technical support for all of your friends and family, which just wears on you over time. <laughs> and, yep. and, and I think having, having gone down those roads, basically a lot of skills have been, um, a lot of skills and a lot of experience have been developed. And so when I can, when I can find myself and intentionally create something like this, you know, this coffee with humans thing, I have a lot of experience and a lot of skills that um, I've, it's just, it's who I, who I've become. And um, yeah, it's a whole lot, it's a whole lot different. You know, I'm not, I'm not just having a talk show or something like that. Like I, I actively advise, you know, organizations and stuff um, from a point of experience and skills. Um, but, but you're right. I've, I, I needed to make it more personal. And I think that there was a lot of, there were a lot of things that I was un, unwilling to be personal about. Uh, and I'm changing that. Um, thank you for that vulnerability um, and sharing that. Um, and if you can answer this question, feel free if you don't want it, that's okay. But was there a defining moment that, that changed for you, and I, I'm just thinking, answer, but was there a defining moment for yeah. you to to say, okay, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and I'm going to go this direction? Not a moment. I would say a season. Okay. Kind of like saying, is it now winter? Okay. Um, no, it's not now winter. There's no magical date of winter other than they have to somehow put it on the calendar, which is asinine because in Northern Illinois, winter could start in October or it could start in January, or it could feel like it never came. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but you know the leaves are changing. Mm-hmm. You see it coming. Yeah. And and then uh, when you look back on it, you're like, I can't believe it turned to winter so fast. Okay. Well, it didn't. It's been yeah. it's been it's moving good. in there, right? Okay. Yeah. And I think that's been my season of life of looking back, there's far more clarity than there was going through. And yeah. I, and the lessons that I've internalized. So one of them is I'm a great creator. I'm a terrible manager. I'm a great creator. Um, and I can create like nobody's business and I've got the record to prove it. Um, but yeah. when something doesn't work, I create myself out of it. I don't cut it because I don't know how to cut it. I'm not a cutter. I'm a creator. And you just keep creating. You just keep creating. And that creates problems because then you've got all stuff and all of it didn't work. And you have to maintain it all. And if you're not a good maintainer. Yeah. And you're a bad manager. What do you end up with? Right? So the, so part of it has been um, uh, here's here's something I wrote at one point in time to somebody. I said, I feel like I feel like, and this is reflecting on the past and the future, reflecting on the experience in that moment. How's that? Reflecting on the present reality was I feel like I've been caught between the past and the future being torn apart in the middle. Because okay. I was holding on to both. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it would be you trying to live out of your boat and also your previous houses. Right. All at the same time. It, it's not possible. You could not, you can't both be blue water sailing and have your coffee at your house. Right. You can't do it. Right. And, and so I think the, for me, the season has been, being okay with the season moving, right? Being okay with the season is changing and you go through it. Right. Right. And so now I've, um, the, uh, so the season that I'm in right now is, you know, reflection to a large degree. And then, and then, uh, exiting things, cutting things that don't work, that have never real, haven't really worked, that just added to stress, things I didn't want, um, things that didn't, you know, weren't, weren't flowing. Right. And then pushing into some things that I'm afraid of, because I know that the gate, I know that the gateway to growth is through fear. And even though I know that sometimes it's been hard to live it. Right. And so I'm actively trying to live it. Right. Wow. Um, being okay with the season of change and moving through it. That's why I wrote down. Um, that's a, a huge analogy that people need to realize at all times in life, but especially now, right? Um, I mean, just all the chaos and just shit going on in the world. <laughs> Um, it makes it, it, you know, you talk about getting up in the morning and does make it hard in that fashion. It's like, oh, here we are. We're in that new normal. 
what you know we're in that new normal i gotta find some way to get up and get moving and get going um i'm gonna stew in that for a little while when we get off the call but i think that's um that's that's good <laughs> it's good i i recognize it because i'm so bad at it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well i don't know you well enough to know if you're good or bad but you're always harder on yourself right we all are really hard on ourselves yes that is true yeah i just don't i think i got a lot of my mom in me i don't like i don't like things to change <laughs> and yet i love i love adding on i love i love things that change and then i don't like things that change that's all i'm yeah. a sentimental man <laughs> well it's, it's human nature not to really like change i mean i married who i married and it's brilliant we've been married for 24 years but man his change monitor i'll just call i've never said that before a change monitor i'm making up a word yeah. is like every three years oh i gotta mix it up you know yeah <laughs> um and so we are constantly changing up our life mm. um which i think for me if i really look back at it it's it's it is difficult for me um and I think as we've gotten older, I've slowed down a little bit with him or he's allowed me to slow down because the whole process of getting on the boat and the rental and this, that, I mean, before we'd be like, we sold our business, our kids were eight and 10. We sold the business, rented the house, moved out of the house, bought a fifth wheel, bought a truck in three months and went RVing from Portland to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so things are a little slower now that we're a little older in our 50s but um <laughs> the change monitor um is definitely present and i think most people like to stay in what they're in yeah there's a safe there's a safety in there and you're right in a in a global scheme there's a lot of there's a lot of change necessarily going on and if we if we look at the principle of hyper reality, which I steal the phrase from Ray Dalio in his book Principles, um, the, the idea is don't quit living in a reality or working out of a reality that doesn't exist. It's not that you want, it's not that you don't want reality to change, but it is not currently at that point. So work with what you have mm -hmm. and just be hyper real about it. So we are in a time of change. Does it need to change? I don't know, but it is. And so what are we going to do with that? How are we going to affect that moment in the best way that we can, bringing whatever we have to the table? And we have to come to the table. It's the only way through it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I do think it begins with, you know, wrap, wrapping this all back together, right? I think the theme, the theme of this conversation is kind of like, okay, well, what what do you want to what do you want to get where where do you want to go? Be intentional about that. Take care of yourself mm -hmm. and pull in all the resources that you have, all the skills, all the experiences. Bring them to the table, and then be okay with when things change. Push through it, move through it. Be be a right. part of your own process rather than um, you know letting the process happen to you, and then looking back and going, "What have I done?" Right. Um, the word that comes to mind is manifestation. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Um, a friend told me 
I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but she told me a while back, she said, you know, you're definitely intentional, you're this, but you're a gifted manifester mm. as you set intention. So manifestation comes to my head um, to in what you just described as a theme. Well, I, I see that in you, uh, which is why like right out of the gate, I was like, wait a second, you're living on a boat, you've done something. You, <laughs> you did something intentionally to achieve whatever that is. And then clearly it's something that you continue to do now that you, you're even looking at what's my role? How do I change that role to mm -hmm. make it viable for me and for the people that I serve uh, so that you can go live the life that you want to live while, you know, assisting other folks. And that's key. Right. I think that only comes through manifesting your own intention, your own reality. Well, thank you. I see that in you too. <laughs> you definitely Thank do you. that. Yeah. How many of these have you done? Oh gosh. So I, I'm just starting to do them live. Um, okay. This is the second one I've done live uh, with just, you know, just the random, you know, random person for coffee. Wow. The second one I've done other live ones with um, around certain topics and stuff, but I, I started it in April. Okay. I started recording them and then taking excerpts and putting them online. And that became a bit of overhead. I am backlogged by about 50 episodes of recorded calls. Because um, you had to go find the excerpts and dumb them, yeah. you know, put, them, put them up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I wanted to make them epic and overthink them um, because it's what I do. I love to create. <laughs> I'll create something I cannot manage. Um, I can help with the management part maybe. <laughs> They were, they were great. I mean, people people really engage with this. Um, in the past day, it, it happens weekly now that somebody comes and says, hey, I got to get my coffee with humans fixed. Um, and there are people on the other side of the planet who are watching this. Like, no kidding. Every wow. Day. And so I thought, let's. Your second one. Okay. This is the second live one. And I was terrified to put it out on Facebook. Um I needed me for two minutes. How did you know? I <laughs> it's a gift. Okay. So I yeah, I put it, I I've been streaming them on LinkedIn. I I I've been working on LinkedIn for a long time. Uh, and now I'm putting them on streaming them live to Facebook and YouTube and uh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. I, it's the confluence. It's odd. It is really, I don't know where it heads, right? But it is the confluence of many skills that I have and kind of what the world needs now. It's weird. And I won't take credit for it, but um, I'm just moving in. I'm trying to move in the direction of where the river's flowing. Yes, as we all really should. Um, against it. I've tried. <laughs> You've tried. It's really hard, hard to build your own river. <laughs> and you'll be the only one on the river. You will be the only one on the river. You might be on your own boat on the own river. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Gosh, I want this to continue. But well, oh. share share it out there and uh, share it out there and get the word out and let's go make the world a better place one one connection at a time. That's right. Um, Thank you yeah. for having me. Well, Lynn, this has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, for all of our listeners, I've got a poster roll on this. And Lynn, I'll talk to you in just a little bit. Okay.
See ya. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.